Good morning, it's Monday, October 25th, and this is the Herald Review's Daily Chirp Podcast. We're bringing you a closer look at one of our top stories, along with other important things going on in our community. Today, in the last two to three weeks, dozens of undocumented people from Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador have landed at the doorstep of CAME, the Center for Migrants in Exodus in Agua Prieta, which borders Douglas. Before we begin, we'd like to thank our sponsors at Lolly Automotive. Hi everyone, I'm Sean Lolly from the Lolly Automotive Group, and we've stocked up on inventory at all of our dealerships. If you've been thinking about a new car, we've got the deal for you on a new Buick, GMC, Chevrolet, Ford, Kia, Hyundai, Honda, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. You don't have to go to Tucson or Phoenix to buy a new vehicle. We're your hometown dealer since 1995. We'll beat the big city dealers in price, and our customer service is small town dealer friendly. Come into any one of the Lolly dealerships today, or shop lollycars.com and see why nobody beats a Lolly deal. Nobody. Now some local history. Nearly 40 years ago this month, one of the deadliest shootouts in Cochise County law enforcement broke out in rural Palominas. It left two people dead and 25 sheriff's deputies seriously injured. One later died. Known as the Miracle Valley Shootout, it was sparked by a series of confrontations that escalated into a 15-minute firefight across the highway from the now-vacant cathedral. The deadly battle, in which hundreds of rounds of ammunition were fired, followed months of strained racial relations between more than 300 black Pentecostal cult members primarily from Chicago and local residents. It even triggered an FBI investigation. But all 70 felony charges leveled against 21 cult members were dropped when Cochise County could not provide legal defense for the defendants, claiming it would financially bankrupt the county. However, a $75 million federal civil rights lawsuit filed by church members against Cochise County was settled in 1985. Today's history is brought to you by Benson Hospital. They're doing more than treating illnesses in Benson. They're building a healthier community. Benson Hospital is now collaborating with the Diaper Bank of Southern Arizona to provide diaper assistance to families in need. For more information, visit their website at bensonhospital.org. Now our feature story. With her two children in tow, Ruth Alvarado left an abusive partner and fled from Guatemala in July in the hopes of seeking asylum in the United States. When she arrived in Texas after crossing the Rio Grande, the reality was a lot harsher and quite different than what she was led to believe. Once across the border, the 28-year-old was told she would not be allowed to apply for asylum and she would be sent back to Mexico via Agua Prieta. Her friend, Cristobal Mejias, left Guatemala under different circumstances, but after being abandoned in the desert by his human smuggler, Mejias found himself back in Mexico as well. And they're not alone. In the last two to three weeks, dozens of undocumented people from Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador, the majority in family units, have landed at the doorstep of CAME, the Center for Migrants in Exodus, in this Sonoran city that borders Douglas. In fact, CAME had to move to a larger facility. Ramos, who runs the shelter, said Alvarado and her children are among 48 undocumented people who were sent by U.S. Customs and Border Protection agents to Mexico. Ramos says they're all there under Title 42. The Trump administration activated Title 42 in order to allow, quote, Customs and Border Protection officials to prohibit the entry of certain persons who potentially pose a health risk because they unlawfully entered the country to bypass health screening measures. Cochise County Sheriff Mark Daniels said Friday the number of undocumented migrants crossing into Cochise County remains steady based on the cameras being captured by the Buckeye cameras located along the border that are monitored by the sheriff's office. 
Well, first of all, we're seeing uh, covert smuggling. In my county, uh, different to what you see on national media with the the hundreds of family members unaccompanied minors coming through Texas, in my county, this fiscal year, we've had over 60,000 getaways. These are people that have been spotted on cameras, the Border Patrol cameras, that have been spotted wearing camouflage, covert smuggling, and have got away into the United States. And currently what we see on the southwest border right now is 1,100 getaways a day. These are people that we have no idea who they are. Tucson sector, my sector, leads the nation in getaways. So we get the covert smuggling. I think it's a national security issue and it's a community public safety issue throughout this country and in my county. We know our, our pursuits are up, our trespass issues are up, our uh, smuggling's up. I mean, huge in my county. To give you an example, we have a virtual camera system in Cochise County and beyond. Last year at this time, we had 300 to 400 illegal entries off our camera system alone um, in every month. Manual control, we called it. Since January 1 to end of May, we've had over 15,301 illegal entries, over 800 pounds of illicit drugs, and over 40 drug smugglers. These are not human smugglers. These are the drug smugglers. And then you compound that with the human smuggling aspect, with the pursuits, the folks being recruited by the cartels that come down in our communities, infecting our communities. It's a real challenge right now. Still, Alvarado said she will try once again to seek asylum. Her relatives in Guatemala cannot support her financially, and she says a friend in Mesa is willing to sponsor her and her children if she is able to make it to the U.S. Like Mejias, Alvarado said she was told she would be able to enter the U.S. without hassles once she declared she wanted asylum. But that's not what happened. She was told that if she went in through Reynosa, she would be able to seek asylum and stay in the U.S. She paid coyotes and was driven through Mexico to Reynosa. They crossed the Rio Grande and were stopped by Border Patrol. From there, Alvarado said she and the children boarded a bus and were taken to an airport. They took a flight to Arizona and were transported to Agua Prieta. She said she has no idea where she landed in Arizona. Ramos said that once migrants are sent to Agua Prieta, they are taken to the resource center. They're then asked what they'd like to do, go back to their country or stay at the shelter until they attempt to seek asylum. You can read more on this story at myheraldreview.com. Before we continue, a quick message from our sponsors, Prestige Family Living. On Thursday, October 28th at 2 p.m., Prestige Assisted Living at Sierra Vista is hosting Alzheimer's disease expert David Troxel for a free online Q&A session where he can directly respond to your concerns or questions. To register and submit a question in advance, visit prestigecanhelp.com. Again, that's prestigecanhelp.com. Next, more than providing a selfless humanitarian act, a local woman is taking it into her hands to care for a growing segment of society confronting cancer. In 2001, Wilma Mrosek Richards started her nonprofit The Butterfly Club, a charity organization that provides free wigs for those battling cancer. Having survived cancer twice and losing both her children to the disease, Mrosek Richards searched for a place to donate three of her wigs but could not find an organization. So she decided it was time to create her own nonprofit to assist in shaving the heads of her clients and providing them with a well-suited wig. Butterfly Club started in 2000, exactly 2000. Yeah. And we started with giving wigs away to women and children and teenagers who had cancer. Um, you know, it's funny, we started out with three wigs a month. We now have 15 requests per day. 
What started in Joseph's Sierra Vista has now become all over the country, right, every state that we provide free wigs to. For a woman to lose her hair, a lot of times that has to do with her identity. That's right. You know, uh, I've had women who say, I would rather do chemo or have a breast removed than lose my hair. So that's the first foremost you want to take. So you don't want to give somebody a cheap wig because it's going to be at least a year before that hair comes back. And usually, with certain with our newer types of chemos, the hair will come back and then fall out again. So they're going twice through that trauma. Marosek Richards has lived in Sierra Vista for 38 years and has operated her nonprofit for 21 years. She has planned to provide wigs to only Cochise County residents, but soon realized the demand was greater and soon expanded statewide. Currently, she works with people from all over the U.S., delivering free wigs to their homes. Read our full story on the Butterfly Club at MyHeraldReview.com. To donate, contact Marosak Richards at 520-255-0830. Next, an event going on this week that you should know about, brought to you by our sponsors, Sulphur Springs Valley Electric Cooperative. You are probably spending a lot more quality time at home these days, keeping you and your family safe. And that can present some opportunities that you usually don't experience. Like maybe laughing together at a funny movie, or screaming together at a scary movie, pitching in to make a special dinner, or maybe you're keeping in touch with friends and relatives and other places on your devices. And it just so happens that many of the activities we're sharing with each other are made possible by electricity. At Sulphur Springs Valley Electric Cooperative, we know that you are depending on us both for fun and serious needs. And we want you to know that we're here for you day and night, sunshine or storm, easygoing times or trying times like now, making sure you're getting the power that you need every day to meet your needs. For over 85 years, through all kinds of tough times, we've been there for our members. And even though you may not see us, we're here for you now. Sulphur Springs Valley Electric Cooperative, owned by those we serve. Tomorrow, join folks at the Sierra Vista Public Library for their fall fiesta. Celebrate all the fun of fall by reading fall stories, singing songs, playing games, and doing crafts. This program is recommended for youth ages 5 and under. It starts at 1 p.m. Also, we're excited to announce that the Herald Review Media team has just launched a local e-commerce website specifically for Cochise County businesses to sell their products and services. Now you can shop 24-7 online at your favorite local businesses participating on loveshoplocalaz.com. Check it out. Finally, we'd like to remember the life of Lilla Taylor. Lilla was born in Madison, Wisconsin. She graduated from Middleton High School in 1965 and went on to earn a bachelor's degree in 1969 from the University of Wisconsin at La Crosse. Later, after a serious bout with psoriatic rheumatoid arthritis made her rethink her career goals, she went back to school for a master's degree in counseling from the University of Wisconsin at Whitewater. Lilla moved to Tucson in 1974, where she met the love of her life, John Kirby Taylor. They married in 1977 and moved to California. While there, Lilla built a successful business offering counseling to people recovering from injuries and disabilities. Once John retired from the Navy, they returned to Arizona and settled in Sierra Vista. Lilla's career then took a new turn as she taught sociology at the Cochise Community College, touching the lives of many students there. Lilla was the primary caregiver for her husband John until he passed away in 2012 from cancer. Again Lilla reinvented herself as she became an active member of the Faith Presbyterian Church of Sierra Vista, where she trained and served as a Stephen minister, using her natural empathy and counseling skills to help others. 
Lilla enjoyed watching the seasons change on the mountain that was in prominent view from her front window, visiting the local butterfly gardens, going out with her multitude of friends, and spending time with her rescue dog, Foxy. She'll be greatly missed by her family, friends, and all who knew her. Thank you for taking a moment with us today to remember and celebrate Lilla's life. Thanks for tuning in to the Herald Review podcast today. Join us again on Tuesday. And remember, the Herald Review is here for you with local news you can trust. For more information on any of the stories you heard about today, visit us at myheraldreview.com. Right now, you can become a member starting at just $1.99 per week. Want to stay up to date on what's going on? Join Neighbor, your trusted neighborhood community. Neighbor is a free online forum you can trust to connect with your community, focus on facts, and make a difference. Join the conversation. Visit nabur.myheraldreview.com. Bye.